It's great to have everybody here this morning. If I've not met you before, my name is Shane, and I'm joined this morning by uh, my friend Tyler Trudell. Tyler, yes, come on. You brought the fan club out, which is great. Uh, Tyler's going to help us. We're going to get ready, as Rachel said, for our Resonate Group's launch today. And uh, Tyler is a husband and a father of three beautiful girls, an engineer, uh, a fine-looking young man, uh, as well as, let me see what else, you're on our serve team, part of our dream team here, making our awesome environments that you get to experience on a Sunday. Now, you actually came on our launch Sunday, first time, uh, well, it would have been hard to come before that. Uh, you came on launch Sunday two and a half years ago, been getting to know you since then. And one of the things that I feel like would be an accurate statement would be to say that when I met you, you might be like, you were definitely, uh, you would have been thinking, there's no way in my whole life I would ever go to a church small group. Would that be an accurate thing to say? I would say that's pretty accurate, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Which is why I wanted to interview you today. It's like, you're the guy to interview. Uh, so let me just take us back a little bit. What, how did you end up at Resonate? And then beyond that, how did you end up in a group? Okay, so in 2016, my wife and I relocated to Coquitlam. And uh, right around that time, I learned that a friend of ours had an older brother, a little lanky guy, uh, that was also in the process of relocating his family to Coquitlam. Uh, unlike my wife and I who are moving from Vancouver in search of uh, some more bedrooms, a little extra square footage, uh, he was downsizing and coming to help plant a church. So yeah. uh, fast forward a couple months, launched Sunday. And that was Pastor Troy. That was Pastor yeah. Troy, so yeah, my, based on an invite from yeah. Pastor Troy and Rachel. Yes. Uh, my wife and I attended on, on launch Sunday. And uh, I would say that that was probably the first real experience with church for me. Um, I had attended services at a different church before, but it was really not the same. It was something where I was in the back row sipping a coffee and people watching, quite honestly. Yeah. Uh, so this time I came in, I came in maybe with a little open heart, a little more open mind, and I could tell almost immediately that there's a little something different here, um, mm. something that resonated with me, pardon Hey-o. the pun, and, uh, and it just felt a little more like at home. So a few weeks, I think it was, into coming here, uh, we went through small group training, I guess, a little bit, next and steps. next steps, yeah. and uh, got ourselves into um, a serve team, and then into a small group, uh, which was actually being led by Brad and Lisa Doff, who are another family that just relocated to Coquitlam. Yeah, so. <laughs> right there. So, uh, so you find yourself in a small group. Now, uh, beyond just showing up, how was it actually like life-changing for you? What, what actually began to happen as you began to participate in a small group? Well, what I found was that the small groups gave me an opportunity to actually connect with people that were at Resonate beyond what you would just say in the lobby. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it wasn't just a pleasantry. It was something that was a real conversation. It gave right. you an opportunity to learn something about the people that were in your group and share something about yourselves. Um, for me, uh, there was real conversations. Not everything was a deep dive, but there was right. conversations about topics that were not necessarily just deep, but maybe even awkward, too. Um, right. One yeah. for me that was like, well, how do I tell people that are, have nothing to do with Resonate that I go to a small group. Right. And how do I respond when they say, well, what's a small group? Right, right. <laughs> I have no idea. And I love that. Just the idea that like you're like new to church and now you're in your workplace. Like church is a new thing in your world. How do you end up talking about church? And people at your work might be like, man, church, that's kind of crazy that you'd be in part of church. And then beyond that, like I go to a church small group. I remember you and I had that conversation. And, uh, and it was just, it's just really cool to see that... Um, that we actually talked about this to say, just be honest. If you say, like, it's actually weird for me to say that I'm in a church small group because I would be the last guy that would ever do that, but actually it's been life-changing. You know what I mean? Like, just honesty sometimes just feels really good for the soul, and, uh, and that's why I appreciate you so much, Tyler, is because you're like, you're just like Mr. Straight Shooter, just say it. <laughs> I don't at, sugarcoat much. No, no. 
Um, that's that's true. Uh, I was. <laughs> I'm not going to say that, but uh, um, okay, so here's, here's, here's really why I wanted you up here this morning, was what would you say to someone who's just kind of here, but uh, in the back, people watching, coffee sipping, but what would you say to someone who's maybe thinking about getting involved in our group today? I, I would say just jump right in and do it, and uh, there's a lot of different small group options out there. You're right. going to find something that I think you're going to connect with. Right. And uh, so sign up for one, sign up for a bunch, and see which one fits, oh, and yeah. stick it out. You know, you don't, there's no commitment. Once you've signed up, you can, you can step away from it if right. it's not the right fit. Yeah, that's good. Um, and if you can't find what it is you're looking for, maybe it's start time to think about leading a small Hey, oh! All right, let's give it up for Tyler this morning. Good job, man. Thank you. So good. It is, as we said, it is our launch Sunday, and so after the service today, we are going to have every one of our small group leaders trying to tell you why their group is the right group for you to join, why their group is amazing. And here's something I need to say. It's really important that you hear this next part, is that I'm giving you permission to not stay in the group that you first joined. Like you might not find the fit in that first group of people. And we coach our leaders to not be offended if you show up but then don't show up again. The reason is it's not about us. It's about you. The whole point of running small groups is that you would eventually get to the place where you know people well enough and you trust them enough that you're able to let down the mask and say, here's what's really going on in my life. And we are not a church that just has some groups. We are a church of groups. This is how we do ministries. One of the strengths of our church and so I'm excited about today, about helping you find your fit. As well, we also are launching our, our groups directory online today. So if you're not able to stick around, go ahead, jump online, search through all of our groups. we got lots of them, as Tyler said. It's free market, meaning that you can have groups. There's groups around sports. There's groups around Bible study. There's groups that go out and serve in the community. There's groups around everything. And so we're kicking that off today. I'm excited about that. I'm also excited that next week we're beginning a brand new message series called You Asked For It. And this one is because of you. You are the ones who actually designed this message series when back on Easter we took a poll of what subjects would you like to hear messages on here at church. And we took your answers, we compiled them together, we took the top five answers and put together a message series called You Asked For. And next week, you won't miss next week because one of the top uh, questions that was asked was, hey, I love God, but how can I know His will for my life? Like, I feel like I, 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 I'm passionate about my relationship with God, but it's just real tough to figure out His will sometimes. And so I'm excited that next week we're diving into that message series. You won't want to miss it. It's going to be fantastic. Now, today is Vision Sunday. It's the day we, we take a step back to look at all that God has done and get a vision for what He wants to do in the future. And uh, the Bible says this in the book of Proverbs. It says, without vision, the people perish. Another translation says that they cast off restraint. Meaning you're not really going to care that much about how you live your life if you don't live your life with vision. If all you're living for is sight, you're just kind of taking what comes next. Vision isn't sight. Vision is what you see when your eyes are closed. Vision is what you see when you're just, you're just picturing the future and imagining what God could have for you someday. That's what vision is. To begin to say, God, I want to live by more than just sight. I want to see something that you would have for me. Another translation, the message says it this way. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. And could it be that the mess of your life is not simply about the mess? It's about not having something bigger than the mess to be chasing after. And so the writer goes on and says, but when they attend to what God reveals, they're most blessed. And that's what we want for you on Vision Sunday. 
to be able to see what God has for you, to actually have a vision, not just with your eyes open, but with your eyes closed, to be able to see something God has for you and to be able to run after it. And the Bible says that it's then that you're going to be most blessed. Vision Sunday is not simply about how we build a church together. It's about how we build you. It's about how we build people. And so I'm excited about this time together. I know that uh, even our kids are just, they're just pumped about Vision Sunday. They don't even know what it means, but they just get amped up about Vision Sunday. It's just good to be here together today. Our vision as a church is this, that we exist so people can, can know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. And that's the four-step spiritual journey God has wanted for every one of us to take. And it always starts with knowing God. It always starts with being led into an intimate relationship with your creator. And I want to celebrate on this Vision Sunday with a bit of a look back at what God has done and let you know that over the last 12 months, 12 months of Sunday morning services, we've seen 123 people make decisions for Christ in our Sunday morning services. Come on, can we give God some glory? That people are coming to know God. Then the second step is that people would find freedom. You see, you get saved in a moment, forgiven of your sins in a moment, but freedom, freedom, that's a journey. Freedom's going to take some time in a journey with God and relationship with other people. And we believe that freedom happens in the context of relationships. When you're actually able to take down the mask and say, here's what's going on in my life. Because so many of us live life actually trying to be the person that the mask represents and not living the person that we actually are. Freedom, real true heart freedom comes when we believe in uh, that we can take down the mask and be seen by people. We'll stay as sick as our secrets. But if we can take that mask down, we can begin to live free. And this is what the Bible says about that in in Proverbs. It says, whoever walks with the wise can become wise. Well, that's a good promise. If you're feeling not too wise today, you just got to get around some wise people and start walking with them. But the companion of fools is going to suffer harm. And some of us have the wrong relationships in our life, and we know it. And yet we stay in these relationships. We say it this way around here. It's like using an old church word, word, the word discipleship. You might not know that word or or be familiar with it. Discipleship It's kind of like an old church word. It just really means how you grow in your faith with God. We say discipleship simply equals relationship plus intentionality. You know how to guarantee how to grow in your faith? Have the right people in your life and make sure the relationship is intentional. That it's designed to build you and help you grow in your faith. Because sometimes you can even have the right people in your life, but the relationship is just no longer intentional. And that's what we're trying to do in our small group space, is to make sure that our relationships stay intentional with building one another up and growing in who God is. We say that we are going to find freedom in the context of relationship. And you don't even need this nudge this morning. You really don't. Because last season of small groups, we had 394 people registered in small groups. We didn't even have that many people come to church on Sundays. So you don't even need this bump. But I'm just going to give it to you because there's nothing I could give you aside from you receiving Jesus as your personal Savior that's going to have more impact on your future than a reminder of who you're doing life with is actually determining your future. So we talk about, number one, knowing God, and number two, finding freedom. Oh, and then the third step is that we got to discover purpose. Psalm 139 says, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Meaning before your parents decided to come together on that cold winter's night, God already had a vision for your life. He had a plan for you. 
a purpose for you. And our responsibility is to begin to discern what that purpose is. That's what next week is all about. How do I know God's will for my life? Come on, I'm glad that you asked because we're going to talk about that next week. So that we can ultimately do the fourth step in the spiritual journey, which is to actually make a difference in somebody else's life. I really believe it's just the sweetest feeling in the world is to be able to make a difference for somebody else and to join us, more importantly, join God in what he's doing in the earth. This is why Vision Sunday matters, that you would understand the what and the why of what we do around here so you can have a greater commitment to and involvement in the thing God is doing through his church in the earth because God has called you to make a difference in the earth. And today I want to celebrate, I want to celebrate the 211 people that serve on our dream team on a monthly basis. Come on, it's an amazing team. And thank you so much. <laughs> You're making a difference. We All the time we get emails and, and, and messages like one we got this week from someone who said, it's going to sound like an overstatement to say this, but she said, church saved our lives, our marriage, and our future. And that's because you're making a difference. So that's that four-step spiritual journey. Now, as we're in Vision Sunday and we're looking ahead to the future, it's just simply going to be an expansion of those four things God's already given us. It's going to be the same vision and the same mission, just run on another level. And that's why I want to bring a message to you this morning called, We Haven't Done That Before. We haven't done that before. You see, I grew up in church where... We haven't done that before was a bad thing. It was a statement you heard when you wanted to move the organ from this side of the stage over to that side of the stage. You were going to hear, we haven't done that before. What's old Lesher Tom going to think if we move the organ from that side of the stage to he might leave the church. We're going to leave it right over there. We've never done that before. You want to not have organ in the church? Like someone's not going to play? Well, we've never done it. What will people think? By the way, I like organ. There's nothing against organ. I'm just saying, like, for whatever it is, I grew up around church where you just didn't want to upset the apple cart. The crazy thing is, when you look at the Bible, you look through Scripture, I'm pretty convinced that Jesus was big on people doing things that had never been done before. Now, I want to let you know that my heart's desire, in fact, much more than that, my commitment before God is that Resonate will be a place where the, the, the uh, gospel of Jesus Christ is preached clearly and it never changes. The gospel that Jesus saved me from my sins, that Jesus alone can save. It's the cross that rescued me from my own self and gave me freedom and eternal life in Jesus Christ. That message is timeless and never, ever, ever changes. Nor does our mission Go into all the world and make disciples. So the message is the same. The mission is the same. But the method through which we get it done is going to constantly be changing. I don't know what church looks like five years from now. I don't know what church looks like two years from now. All I know is I want to do whatever it takes to see lost people find Jesus. Whatever it takes. Anything short of sin. Listen, if a pipe organ is going to see people come to Jesus, if a bagpipe band is going to see people come to Jesus, I do, I don't, if Umbro Shorts is going to see people come to Jesus, we will do it. Pastor Troy and I will go back to the Umbros for whatever it takes to see people come, anything short of sin to see people come to know Jesus Christ. The message and the mission will always be the same, but the method, oh, the method is going to change. And we see this in Matthew chapter 14. Jesus loves it when we want to do things that have never been done before. And this is a text that you might be aware, uh, familiar with. You've been around church for a little bit. The disciples are in a party atmosphere. 
It's a celebration time. It's kind of like this morning on Vision Sunday where we're like, 123 people have given their lives to Christ. And, and the team, we, I mean, it's amazing. 211 people on the dream team. The last time we reported that number to the church, uh, I, I think it was around in, in the turn of the new year, it was 150 people. I mean, it's just amazing the growth in the team. God just continues to bring new people. There's somebody in the room today, you don't even realize it, but you are a leader on another level that we have, we've been waiting for you. We've been praying for you. We've been excited for you to step into this place because God has got something for you to take to another level. We're excited that you're here in the room this morning. Maybe you've been around since lunch and you felt like that couldn't be me. And today something's going to shift inside of you. God's going to call out a leader inside of you to be a part of a vision for what God wants to do. Well, the disciples are in this party atmosphere. They're high-fiving because Jesus has just fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two little itty bitty fishes. And so they're so pumped that they get to be a part of what Jesus is doing. Now Jesus sends them off with two simple clear instructions. Number one, get, uh, get in the boat and go on ahead of me. Which are, these are also very good instructions for life. Get in and go. Come on. Get in and go. So they get in the boat. They start to travel. We're going to pick up reading. Now in Matthew chapter 14 verse 23 it says that after Jesus had dismissed the crowds, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from land, beaten by the waves for the wind was against the disciples. Have you ever experienced a spiritual high? A miracle, God moving in your life, only to turn around and have the floor fall out of your life. Maybe you've been coming to church for a while. God's moving in your family. Your kids are just, there's something happening in their lives as God is stirring up something great in you. And all of a sudden it feels like there's wind and there's waves out of nowhere. The disciples are in a boat. They are still high-fiving one another at what Jesus has just done when water starts getting inside. The meal that they have just eaten that was a miracle meal provided by Jesus out of nothing has yet to begin digesting when all of a sudden the wind is against them and they're not going anywhere and they start to freak out. Isn't it amazing how you haven't even digested the last miracle God just did for you and you're freaking out that he's not with you in your boat? The disciples don't realize that this, without the wind that they're seeing, they're not about to see the next miracle that God has in store. And so a year ago, we started to dream about a Resonate headquarters. And I mean, I can see this thing in my mind. It's just beautiful. It's offices. and It's a place for our band to rehearse and write music. Our junior high and our youth meet there every single week, just dialing it up, their relationship with Jesus. I can see it in my mind. And a few weeks ago, I brought to you a miracle that God had done. That we had just signed a lease for 30% of the asking price on a, on a lease on a building. And that we were going to move in on November 19th. There was a, a little thing we needed from the city to get in there. But all things with the landlord were worked out. Now, however, we heard a week ago from the landlord that the deal was done. And they were going a different direction with the building. A miracle. Followed by some wind. A miracle. All of a sudden, it feels like we're not going anywhere. And I want to say today over our church that our attitude is always going to be this. That if God told us to get in this boat and to go, that there is a miracle in this storm, somebody. I want to declare over your own life that our attitude is we're not living by sight. We're living with a vision. We can see it and we're after it in Jesus' name. A miracle followed by an inability to move forward. We're reading on in verse 25. It says, in the fourth watch of the night. 
He, Jesus, came to them. And I would just want, before I move on from that, come on, we just, just like this, we'd never do this. This wasn't even planned, but let's just pray together. Middle of a message. God, we thank you for Resonate Headquarters. We thank you for the miracle that is to be. God, we thank you for the people that are going to grow in their faith in that place. God, we pray for an open door that only you could open. We ask you to open it. We just declare to you, God, that we have not even digested the last miracle that you just did, so we are not afraid, and we're not backing off, and we are not even going to stop declaring that a miracle is coming in Jesus' name. God, we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, that felt good. Let's read on. Verse 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. They cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Verse 29. So Jesus said, come. Peter got out of the boat, walked on water. And came to Jesus. Now, I want us to notice that there are two different reactions of the people in the boat to Jesus. The first reaction is the disciples that are just glad to see Jesus. Because all of a sudden they're feeling safer than they were a few moments before. Jesus is there and they're glad that Jesus is there. But then there's the reaction of Peter. Peter is also glad that Jesus is there. But his reaction goes beyond that. Peter doesn't just want to be around Jesus. Peter wants to do the stuff Jesus is doing. Come on, it's the same in church today. It's easy for us to just come into this place and be thankful that God is in this place moving in our lives because it feels like our lives get a little bit safer and a little bit better being in proximity to what Jesus is doing. But how many know there will be those of us, and I'm praying for all of us, that we would actually say we want more than simply proximity to the presence of God. We want to do the things Jesus is doing in the earth. Peter steps out of the boat and does what no one has ever done before. Isn't it amazing? That God said that he wanted to build his church on the one guy that said, I'd like to do something that no one's ever done before. I want to be that church. I pray that Resonate is always the church. That 20 years from now, people will be saying, man, we had like eight different music style changes over the last 20 years. I can't even keep up with it. I don't even know. This just seems like we're always trying something new and we're doing something different. And maybe it's a different venue. Or maybe it's a different structure to our small groups. Or whatever it is. There's always a willingness to do whatever it takes to do the things Jesus is doing. Jesus said, I will build my church on the guy that said, let me get on out of this and do something no one's ever done before. I believe God is looking for a church that will say, we want more than just proximity. We want to do what Jesus is doing. Reading on in the text, it says in, in verse 30, it says that when he saw the wind, Peter was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Peter wants to do what Jesus is doing. Eventually, he, he starts to go down and he needs a little help from Jesus. One more thing I want to say about doing what Jesus is doing. We need another announcement here. I want to let us know that in 2020, we are going to be taking our first ever missions trip as a church. And I just, I think it's so cool. I mean, it, it won't be all of us. You know, it's going to be maybe 10, 15 that will be on this first trip that we take. And we'll tell you all about it, the location and the place and the time in our Heart for the House video that's coming up in November. Our team's working on it already. We're excited about it. But I'm just so excited. This is amazing that the people will take time off work, spend discretionary income, fly around the other side of the world to serve some people. 
Because we just decided, we just, like being around Jesus is, is amazing and it's going to change our life. But we want more. We want to do the things Jesus is doing in the earth. I'm excited for 2020 vision. I'm excited for what God has for us in store. I'm excited to reach beyond ourselves in ways we've never reached beyond ourselves. So Peter steps out. He starts to sing. and He says, Lord, save me. Jesus reached out his hand and took hold of him. There's a couple amazing things to be right here. The, The first one would be this, that Jesus gave Peter one instruction when two instructions were needed to know how to walk on water. And we got to dig into this, right? Because this sounds strange. Like imagine if you got Ikea instructions and they had half of what was needed written on it. Like imagine how frustrating that would be. Some of y'all are like, doesn't even matter. I get it. And I'm like, won't need this. And then you like put together something that looks nothing like they had designed. Nevertheless, you're just like, I don't need instructions. I'll never look at them. But for some of us who like a plan, even imagine (coughs) if they gave you half of what you needed. Jesus knows it's a two-step process. You would think... That when Peter asks to step out of the boat, that Jesus would be, Peter, i got to let you know two things. And I'm not not good at Jesus impersonations. I'm not even going to really try. (laughs) Jesus a little horse, that sounds like. (laughs) It's probably impossible. Anyways. (laughs) I'll let you know two things. Number one, it's because of the air, the wind, right? He's not horse. He's... I want to let you know two things. Number one, come on. Number two, keep your eyes up. That's all you need to know. Let's go. Jesus only gives one of these instructions. Why would Jesus give one instruction for a two-step process? Why would he not lay out all that Peter needed to know? He could have easily kept Peter from looking at the wind and the waves by simply saying... Look right here. But he doesn't give that instruction. He allows Peter to step out, not knowing everything he needs to know in order to do the thing he's about to do. Why? See, God's less interested in the miracle than he is in growing your faith. God is less interested in you having all the details for the rest of your life than he is in building up your faith. God is less interested in you. God is not a snowplow parent. Come on, you know what those one of those is? It's like, I'm just going to make sure my kid never bangs their head against anything. Your kid wants to walk and you're just like, you're walking with them. You take them to high school. You're still walking them up to the door. Just making sure you're okay. Walk them right into the class. Teacher, are they okay? God's not a snowplow parent. He's not interested in removing every obstacle. In fact, he w- sometimes wants to give you... One instruction when two are necessary. Maybe the growth for you today is actually to give him your whole heart. To stop saying, I'm not sure if there's a God. But to believe if I, if I get in and go, God's going to reveal himself. God, God gives Peter one instruction when two are necessary. Then Peter takes his eyes off Jesus and he starts to fall into the sea and Jesus saves him. Jesus goes on from that place, and as he rescues Peter, he says, looks at Peter, and he goes, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Fascinating words from Jesus. Peter has just done what nobody in the history of the world has done before or since. And yet Jesus looks at Peter, and rather than saying, You just did something no one's ever done. Ever. Never going to happen again. Way to go. High five. Slam it up here. Jesus like, you have little faith. He doesn't say that to demean Peter. He says it for you. 
to let you know that your last success is not the limit of your growth potential. To let you know the last good thing you saw God do is not the limit of his potential in your life. He says you have little faith to something that was the greatest thing that really anyone's ever done on water, ever. He said it so that we would understand that God has more, wants to do more, wants us to expect more in this journey of faith. Oh, I'm going to preach on Vision Sunday. I believe that God has so much more for us. I look back at this year and I see what God has done in this place. But in my heart, I already feel like God's taken us to another level than we're already seeing today. This fall, Rachel and I were launching a small group with a group of our leaders with a curriculum that we plan to roll out next fall. I love a plan. I love thinking ahead. I love to think about the, about the next year and the year after that. But can I tell you honestly, here's what I really believe about Vision Sunday. Vision Sunday is not about strategies, ideas, and dates on a calendar. Vision Sunday is about what God's doing in our hearts. Vision Sunday is about God depositing something of himself in our hearts that we're running with and saying, God, even if the instructions seem incomplete, and even if we had success or even if we had failure, no matter what we had, we are believing that your next level for us, God, we are going to have faith to grow into this next place. We get to the end of the story, and it's my favorite part of the story. It's verse 34 where it says that when they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret. And the men of that place recognized Jesus. They sent all around that region and brought to him all who were sick and implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. What stands out to me as we reach the close of the text is that when they got to the other side, the disciples, they didn't go and sit down at Cactus Club and start celebrating that they had just seen miracles the likes of which no one had ever seen before. That the moment their feet hit the soil, they were looking for lost people. The moment Jesus got to the other side, I'm sure they celebrated on the way. But the moment they parked the boat, Jesus was looking for someone who was hopeless, someone who was hurting, someone who needed to belong. This is the story of Resonate Church. We're going to be a church that sees miracles. We're going to celebrate them. We're going to give God glory for them. We don't exist for the miracles. We exist for people. We don't exist for ourselves. We exist for the people who aren't here yet. This isn't a monument to our own faith. This is a mission field for people who don't even know the love of God yet in their own life. Oh, I'm excited for the miracles. Oh, man. Yes. Yes. I'm excited for doing stuff we've never done before. I'm excited about that subtle tweak to we've never done that before to we've never done that before. I'm most excited about a few weeks from now when we get into At The Movies series and we see, I'm believing, hundreds of people who've never been to church before walk in the door I mean, it might be because we'd be showing the movie Mission Impossible or at least little clips of it and preaching out of that. I'm most excited about, about the person who will be in this room that's close to you and far from God. 
who cries through that whole entire service. And when we reach the end of the service and we give an opportunity for someone to, to give their life to Jesus, I'm giving you permission to peek. Come on, it's like heads bowed, eyes closed, but you got pastoral permission to peek. When you see their hand raised, you will understand the vision of Resonate Church. We're gonna see miracles on the journey. But there's one reason we're on a mission the people that aren't here right now. So God, I thank you. I thank you, God, for Easter 2020 as we take on the 1,100-seat theater at the Hard Rock Casino. I thank you for the tens of thousands of people that are gonna receive invites to a, that event next year, God. I thank you, God, that I thank you, God, that you're leading us towards that. But most importantly, God, I'm just thankful for the one, the person whose life is gonna be changed. If, if the vision is to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference, can I just ask you, before we return into worship in a moment, how you doing in your walk with God? How you doing in freedom? How you doing in discovering purpose? And are you living for this earth or for heaven? God, thank you that on the journey, Lord, even when we go a little bit astray, God, you love us so much, you bring us right back to you. God, you're still calling us, you're still drawing us, there's still a plan. Come on, let's stand all over the room. We're gonna respond in a moment of worship. God, thank you for your Holy Spirit in this place. God, stirring up our hearts to believe for another level, to believe for things we've never seen. God, we believe for miracles in the journey, God, and give us your heart, God. We're all in, in Jesus' name.
heads closed in this moment. Maybe you're here and you'd say, the first step I need is the first step to know God. Maybe for you, you'd see, if you're being honest, you'd have to say, I just don't have an intimate personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's your first step in the room today. If that's you, and maybe you've even been around church for a while, but you know, man, I need, I actually need to move all into my relationship with Jesus Christ. Put him as the Lord of my life. As we say all the time, I, I'm not meaning like you're a Christian and you've had a bad week and maybe you feel a little bit distant from God today. I mean, you just know he's not, he's not the Lord of your life. Today, you need to make that decision either for the first time or you need to recommit your life to Jesus in the room today. If that's you, would you shoot your hand up and say, yeah, Pastor, would you include me in a closing prayer? I won't center you out or embarrass you in any way. I just simply want to pray a prayer over the whole room together. And we're going to join together in faith. And you're saying, yeah, that's my prayer today. I surrender my life to Jesus in the room. Yeah. It's awesome. Let's pray together. Come on, whether you raise your hand or you didn't, but you know you want to pray that today. Come on, resonate. Help me pray this. Say, dear Jesus. I give you my whole heart, my full surrender, and I choose to follow you. I believe you died and rose again so I could be forgiven and free. Help me follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for those who just prayed that prayer.